0: T O Retirement.com or text R E I to 33777. Again, text R E
1: I to 33777. Remember when you had to pay to get a leads phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at DealMachine.com. bp We know, and you all know, why it's super important that
0: good tenant screening is absolutely critical to your management process. Luckily, RentReady, the comprehensive property management software, has a new feature that makes tenant screening a complete breeze. In addition to TransUnion-certified tenant screening, RentReady now offers... Visit rentready.com. That's dot com, and use the code BP Investor. That's BP, like bigger pockets, investor for six months of rent ready for only $1.
2: This is Real Estate Rookie, episode 153.
3: You know, it was a point I had to, you know, open up an extra credit card, increase the credit lines just to get that project done. But I just knew, I was like, it's going to work out. I'm hearing everyone's success stories from the Bigger Pockets podcast. I'm reading the books. I'm like, if they can do it, why not me?
2: My name is Ashley Kerr, and I'm here with my co-host, Tony Robinson.
0: And welcome to the Real Estate Rookie Podcast, where we share... All of the inspiration, information, education, motivation, anything else that ends with the shun related to real estate investing, you'll get it here because our goal is to help you become a bigger, better, happier real estate investor.
2: My business partner, he always tells his son, like for any sport or anything, even like his band concert the other day, he always says, who is the best snowboarder? And his son will say, whoever, and he's like, nope, it's the one having the most Fun. <laughs> so who is the best real estate investor? So one uh, the one having fun. the most fun I love that.
0: <laughs> yeah, you gotta have fun. You gotta have fun, right? Yeah. But you know, that's I think that's part of what makes being an entrepreneur enjoyable, is that you get to pick and choose. And if you're doing something that doesn't bring you joy, you can stop doing it. Like Ash, it's so crazy. Like I was having a conversation the other day with a group of other investors and we were talking about what financial freedom means. And it's funny because everyone kind of has a different definition of what that is. And for some people, it was a net worth figure. And for someone else, it was like passive cash flow. For other people, it was like, I need this much money in the bank. My definition, and it's evolved over time, but I think the one that I've leaned on a little bit more now, and it's a little harder to define, but it makes sense for me, is having the freedom to choose what I do on a daily basis without worrying about the financial repercussions of doing so. And that last part is super important because technically anybody can choose what they do on a daily basis, right? Someone who has a job today, they can choose to not go to work, but there's, you know, if you do that enough, something's gonna happen with your job, right? Maybe you can't provide for yourself. So I think in my mind, the definition I've landed on is having the freedom to do what I want without worrying about the money aspect of it.
2: Tony, I love that. That is great. Just not having any repercussions. And it kind of leads into mine, like being spontaneous where you can do whatever you want every day. And my business partner and I like joke about this, where we'll say something like, do you want to go do this or that or whatever? And then we look at each other and we smile and say, we can do whatever we want. (laughs) And it's like, but even further taking that, that's just like us deciding what we're going to work on that day or, you know, things like that, but taking it a step farther and just being able to enjoy and be spontaneous without those repercussions. So I think that's great. I love that you just shared that with me because that's a great way to tie it in as to how you can be spontaneous, because you're right. Anybody could jump on a plane today and go to Florida, but (laughs) does that mean they're putting it on a credit card? Does that mean they're going to lose their job because they didn't show up to work? So I love that. Thank you for sharing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We're not even into the interview yet, and we're already dropping some knowledge.
2: This interview today is uh, awesome. As you can see, we spent a long time recording because as you're looking at me now, it's pretty uh, dark, lots of shadows. And that's because, you know me, I only use natural light. Uh, (laughs) and The sun has started to set because we went so long on this recording. And so when we actually switch to the interview, if you're watching this on YouTube, it will be bright and nice, and you'll watch the sun go down.
0: (laughs) and start to set on Madison's face, but it gives you a nice real dramatic look.
2: Yeah, and I still have my bum (laughs) knees, so I couldn't even run to flip a light switch on very (laughs) quickly, officially. It would have taken a while.
0: (laughs) Well, today's guest, his name's Terry Harris, and he's got a really interesting backstory. He's a a professional basketball player in the minor leagues for the NBA and just kind of shares the story of how he became, I guess, infected with the real estate bug and uh, Terry and I actually met on Instagram. Can't remember how, uh, but you know we were chatting on Instagram, and you know he kind of shared a story with me. I thought it'd be really cool to get him on the podcast. But one of the things that he shared actually that really stuck out with me that I wanted listeners to kind of pay attention to, and he does this throughout the entire episode, so it's not one moment, but just look for the moments where Terry just like turns the hustle to one hundred. Cause you'll see that happen a few times throughout the episode. And he's also going to give like a really, really good masterclass on how to wholesale land. Like listen to the end cause that part gets really cool. But throughout the entire episode, he sprinkles in a lot about how he just hustled his way to make these things happen. So overall, fantastic episode. I feel like we're going to go on forever with Terry today.
2: Yeah, it definitely was a great conversation and we both were able to learn a lot and you guys will take a lot of value. It makes you listen through to the end too, because the end is where he does that really deep dive into land deals. And it's not just looking at a parcel and saying, oh, a house could go there. Let me sell it to a developer. What are the things that are of actual value to somebody who is looking to develop land and where to find that information out?
0: Yeah, he actually gives four specific things to look for when you're looking to wholesale land. So keep an ear out for those.
2: Okay, well, let's get on with the show. Terry, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Do you want to start off with just telling everyone a little bit about yourself and how you got started in real estate?
3: Yeah. Well, I appreciate you and Tony for having me on the show today. This is something that I've always been, uh, getting into real estate. always listen to the bigger pockets podcast. So finally being on the show is like, it's the dream come true. It's a little bit surreal too, but, uh, <laughs> My journey comes from starting to play in the NBA G League and uh, a typical season in the NBA G League is five and a half months. And while I was playing in the G League, I never knew what was going to happen when my season ended. I didn't know if I was going to get a call up to the NBA. I didn't know if I was going to play in a different country. And I didn't know if I was going to get paid after those six months. So, I mean, that whole time in the G League, I was really just... Indulging in as much resources about real estate as I could. And uh, I just stumbled at Margin Noble one day and saw that blue book, the book on rental property investing by Brandon Turner. And that, me reading that, triggered my mindset and just gave me the ability to know how, like how I can really start to get into real estate. And that's how the journey started. And fast forward to today, about two and a half, almost three years later, I now have five properties under my belt, one short term rental, one long term rental, a couple parcels of land and uh, actively wholesaling as well. And in the year of 2021, my company, we've uh, done a little bit over 20 wholesale deals this year.
0: I mean, Terry, that's awesome, man. And your story reminds me a lot. Uh, we had Lily Thompson on the podcast and she was another athlete. She was playing professionally with the Harlem Globetrotters, actually. She was like going all over the place. But it's a very similar story to where She knew that basketball wasn't going to be her only source of income and she wanted to kind of use some of that extra time that she had to phone something else. So anyway, if you guys want to hear that, it's a episode 91 of the Real Estate Rookie Podcast. Now, Terry, I guess here's a question why, because I would assume that it's a it's a pretty busy, hectic schedule being a professional basketball player trying to build that out simultaneously with a real estate business couldn't have been easy. And obviously not everyone that's listening is going to be, you know, a professional basketball player, but they may not be juggling real estate and professional sports, but maybe they're juggling real estate and a spouse or real estate and children or real estate and a day job or real estate and X, Y, Z. So how did you kind of find the time or make the time to be able to balance those two things?
3: Yeah. I mean, I just had a program in my mind when I was playing with the Delaware Blue Coast that I'm going to buy a house this year and uh, I was going to, I was going to buy the right home. So when we were on the road traveling on the flights, traveling the games, I would, you know, I would bring my books with me. And uh, anytime we were back in Delaware, I was calling realtors to go and view houses. And every day I was trying to get better in some way or just increase my knowledge on real estate in some way. And. I just always was like, I'm going to figure the time out and uh, manage the time so I can go and invest in real estate and do it at a high level. So I guess that time management really set me apart to do that.
2: Terry, before we move any further, can you just give a brief overview of what you started out with and what those deals looked like and what your portfolio looks like today?
3: So the house that I did buy in Delaware, I purchased it for $180,000. I did a 3% down FHA loan. And on that house, I actually got $10,000 in seller credits. So I didn't have too much money at the time. So I went to closing with a check about I think $6,000 and I was able to receive $10,000 and sell the credits back. So I actually made money and got the keys to the house.
2: Terry, can you just explain what a seller credit is for somebody that doesn't know and how do you get that when you're doing a deal?
3: For sure. So a seller credit is basically a credit from the sellers. And when we did the inspection for the home, we had an inspection contingency, which allows us either to back out or renegotiate the purchase price due to the inspection and the uh, wear and tear to the home. So the house did have some safety damages and some things that we wanted to get fixed. So me and my realtor, we asked the seller like, hey, either you can fix these. We've gotten." quotes from various contractors, or you can just credit us $10,000. Well, we actually, we first said $15,000. He countered back at six. And then we say, can we meet in the middle at 10? And then they agreed to credit us $10,000. So that was a big plus. And, uh, you know, when doing my first real estate project, I thought I could have renovated this whole property with uh, $10,000. And, you know, the first projects, they never as expected with the renovations. But yeah, and then I think about eight months ago, I refinanced that home and I put about $20,000 into that property and the bank appraised it at $320,000 and that was my first property. Oh yeah. So that was a solid, that was a solid one I'll never regret. I'll never, uh, I was just so happy to be, and it was so stressful at the time dealing with contractors, not having the funds and it was a point I had to, you know, open up an extra credit card, increase the credit lines just to get that project done. But I just knew I was like, it's going to work out. I'm hearing everyone's success stories from the Bigger pocket podcast. I'm reading the books. I'm like, if they can do it, why not me? So that was my story.
0: I just want to pause really quick, right? Because that's amazing, right? You bought this property for essentially no money out of pocket once you factor in this credit and you put money into the rehab, but then it appraises for almost double the price. Double the price. So like, and this is the power of real estate investing, right, is you can take a relatively small sum of money. I feel firmly that most Americans today can bring $6,000. They can they can save up $6,000 just from hustle, right? You could hustle your way to six grand. And you took that into a property that's worth $320,000. $6,000 to $320,000, it's amazing, man. So I, I just wanted to pause on that because I, I didn't want you to roll along without really reveling in the in the success you had there, man.
2: And Terry, I loved your energy as you told us that. Like, That's why I love this show is I love when guests come on and they're still pumped up and motivated and you've done so many deals since then and you're still so excited about that first deal that got you started. And everyone listening, I know is going to be inspired by you.
3: I appreciate that. Yeah, that first deal was nothing better than that. Like when you, I got that tenant in and I was like, so just look at the photos from before and after and just like, oh, I did that. <laughs> but I mean, I did have a little bit of self-doubt, but a lot of, you know, when you hear stuff, when you ask about, and you ask people who are not in real estate and they say, oh, are you sure you can get that rent? Or, are you sure it's going to be worth? I mean, I just kind of stayed to myself and like, I just say, I knew this property is going to do well in some type of way. So
0: can we pause on that? Because I think what you just said is another really important piece to highlight is that for people that are just getting started, that feeling of the lack of community It's very common because you're the person that was in Barnes and Noble that day and found the book. You're the person that's bringing all this reading material along with you when you're traveling, not your friends, not your family. So you're going down this rabbit hole, right, of of understanding the power that real estate investing has, but all the people around you aren't. So as your mind and your ideas start to transform and progress towards this idea uh, idea of financial freedom, Everyone else isn't. And it can get lonely, and you can start to second guess yourself. So I always try and plug building the right community. And luckily, bigger pockets, right? You got how many millions of people on the forums now? You got the real estate rookie Facebook group that's got like forty thousand plus members strong. So there is a community for you. So if you're listening to this podcast and you feel like how Terry felt when he was getting started, that you don't have the community around you, get active on bigger pockets, get active from the forums, get active from the Facebook groups, and you will find your tribe.
3: Definitely, and uh, I can attest to that because when I was in that situation, you know, being around my team, they would joke around, laughing at me when I used to be on the bus reading the books and things like that. But my thing was like my circle, my team, really for real estate was the Bigger Pockets fam. Like listening to podcasts every day, driving to basketball games to practice, the even just listening and indulging in information like that was my team. So hearing you guys your success stories was just like, look, those are my friends. They're doing. What we talk every day. But like that was my success, and it's so funny now today like some of my teammates be like yo we were really making fun of you <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and it's like and it's like and he's like and they'll really just say it. it's like now we want to really work with you it's just so the, it's the funniest thing
2: I saw this uh, video, uh, it was an Instagram reel that some motivational speaker put out where it was a video of him when he was in college, I think it was, and his friends videotaped him like leaving the bar and him just like, yeah, I have to go. And it was him basically going home to work on whatever he was working on while all of his friends were staying out at the bar and they made fun of him. And now he's super successful. He put in the grind. He learned what he wanted to. And that kind of reminds me of your situation there that... It just shows like, don't let other people influence you or try to give you that negative talk. And even though they're probably not trying to be mean by not being supportive, they just want you to hang out with them or do what they're doing. But you got to get out of that mindset of trying to please everybody and just focus on what's going to be best for you and your family.
0: Mm -hmm. Ash, can I add one more comment to that before we roll? Because... It was so funny. I was just talking with my son about this the other day. You know, he's, he's 14 now. He's in eighth grade. Like he's at that stage where everyone else's opinions are like super important to him. Like he's changing five times before he goes to school and you know, he's worried about this, that and the other. And I was talking to him. I was like, Hey, dude, like as part of becoming an adult, you have to be able to learn how to filter out advice depending on the situation, depending on who you're talking to. I told him, I was like, look, I'm your dad. And I feel like I've, I've given you a lot of valuable life lessons. And, but I asked him, I was like, if you wanted to learn how to become a brain surgeon, would you come to me? And he laughed. He was like, no, I, I wouldn't. I was like, if you wanted to learn how to fly a helicopter, would you come to me? And he was like, no, I wouldn't. I was like, but if you wanted advice about real estate, would you come to me? He said, yeah. And I told him, I was like, this is the lesson. Whatever it is that you're looking to achieve, whatever it is that you're looking to get better at, You have to filter feedback on that thing from people who have done it. And if the people who are giving you advice on how to be a real estate investor have never invested in real estate, then that's like you going to your dad, asking him how to be a brain surgeon. It just doesn't make sense. So for all the rookies that are listening, don't be, you know, accept it, whatever your friends, your family want to tell you things like let them say it, but just know, okay, let me file that away as my dad trying to give me advice on how to be a brain surgeon. So I just wanted to add that in there It was a conversation I just had that that kind of floated to my mind.
2: Tony, I love when you give your dad advice, like you give your son (laughs) such like intellectual little pieces of tidbits. I love it.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, well, Terry, we're not here to talk about me not being a brain surgeon. Let's get back to the real estate (laughs) piece, man. So, so you get this first deal in Delaware and obviously it goes amazingly well, but you, you've made some transitions in your business. So what happens after this first deal? Where do you go from there?
3: So after the first deal, then COVID happens. When COVID happened, I, that ended my season. And it allowed me to spend some time at the house doing a lot of DIY projects and doing stuff with the and helping out. But, you know, we finish it. I get attended in there. He pays a year up front in advance, which is amazing and then I'm like I'm working out I moved to Los Angeles because that's where I do a lot of my workouts for basketball and month after month and you know I'm asking my agent like what's gonna go what's happening you know he's like hey COVID you know everything is just shut down just keep working out I'm like well you know I I need I need, to, I need some money. I need to get paid. So, um, I just started I stumbled on wholesaling and I started hearing a lot of people like Thatch, uh, Wholesale a Million, Brent Daniels and I was just like, wow, people are making, you know, 25, 30, 40, 100,000 dollars off one wholesale deal. I was like, you know, I'm already kind of in real estate with my one rental property. Let me kind of get into this market as well, get into this game too. And I started doing a lot of research. I started indulging in as much wholesaling information as I can. And I just start driving for dollars. And that's basically looking for opportunity. And for those who don't know wholesaling, it's basically the art of finding opportunity and getting opportunity, getting houses locked up under contract and assigning your contract to an investor and making an assignment fee that's like 10, 15, $20,000 or even more. So I'm new, I'm driving around looking for homes and I'm just completely brand new and just trying to get 20 houses a day. And that was my goal. After every workout, I was going to drive for an hour, put a podcast on about wholesaling and find 20 vacant distressed properties two, about two and a half weeks goes by and uh, I get a list of about 200 people and I, I'm on. I'm doing all this completely, like not the traditional way, but I'm like taking the numbers from, I, I just screenshot on my maps on my phone and then I'm going and uploading them, finding the owners and calling them through white pages. And I'm just like, hi, you know, this is Terry. I'm a local investor in the area. I wanted to see if you were willing to consider an offer. And I stumbled upon somebody who's like, hey, you know, I inherited the property from my sister. She passed away. And, you know, we are looking to Sale. Why don't you come by and check it out? So I was like, well, wow, great. Let's do tomorrow at 12. And after my workout, I go and I checked it out.
2: Terry, I was just going to ask how many phone calls did you do before you got that person that said, yeah, come and check out the property?
3: I would say around 250, 200. I would say around 200. Yeah. It was a uh, pretty, yeah, about 200.
2: How did you keep going without getting discouraged? I mean, that's a lot of phone calls. I hope you have an unlimited plan. <laughs>
3: Only
0: on uh, nights and weekends, only on nights after 7 p.m. and on on weekends.
3: I mean, when I hear success stories of other people, that's why I love podcasts and hearing other stories. It's just like, oh, like now let me let me try to do this. And it's like, I know I can do it. And then, um, you know, I was hearing other people's and I heard like I think Brent Daniels said, if you just make 100 calls, like that's not enough. We're making thousands of calls and getting deals like you got, and so my thing was I gotta at least make a thousand to get a first my first deal. So I wasn't going to stop till I got a you know made a thousand calls. That was my thing. Yeah.
0: So you get this phone call, they're like, "Come come through, check it out." I guess before we lead into this conversation, Terry, right? This is your first time getting face to face with the seller, face right. First time, yep. Were you nervous? Did you feel calm, cool, collected going in? Like, how did you mentally prepare for that conversation?
3: So I'm a, I'm a fake it till you make it type of guy. So, you know, I, you know, I put a college shirt on, came with a little notebook and like not really knowing what's going to go on, but I'm like, all right, let's just, and like, I find like a, a, a wholesale contract online. I was just like, it's all really, really soon. But I was like, let me just, let me just see what's happening. Let's just, let's just go for the ride. So I go there, I walk around the house, he shows me everything. And I just didn't really know my market too well. And so my thing was in going into this, I'm like, all right, I got to offer low 400s. And that's the way I can find somebody at maybe 420, 430. And I can make probably five ten thousand dollars spread off this. So I go, and I was like, okay, you know, what do you think your bottom line? He goes, uh, my bottom line is 500,000. You know, I have a realtor kind of contacting me about listing it. But uh, if you were to give me 500,000, um, you know, I'd sign off on it with you today. And I was like, ah, that's too high. Would you do low 400s? And he was like, nah, 500. And I was like, all right. And I just left. I was like, all right, cool. But thank you. I'll think about it. So I go back and I was just like, all right, well, let me keep calling. Let me keep doing my thing. I was like, that's probably not a deal. So I contact a wholesaler who's in the same market. And I was just like connected with him. And I was like telling him a couple of deals. I'm like, Hey, I did have a seller for this property. You know, he wanted to sell for 500,000. He's like, Oh, what's the address? So I give him the address. And he's like, wait, he said 500,000. I said yeah, I was like, that's a little too high, right? He goes, no, 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 no. 500000 I was like, yeah. He goes, bro, go lock that thing up for $500,000. Like, get off the phone with me right now and go lock it. I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. So, and this is about, I would say, a week and a half, two weeks after. And so I get on the phone with the seller. I call him right back. I was like, hey, Mr. Seller, you know, this is Terry. Uh, I came by your house two weeks ago. Uh, you know, 500000 I can do $500,000. And he goes, first thing he says, I <laughs> just laughed. <laughs> just sold it on the market with a realtor. Sold for $620,000. Thank God I waited. Hangs up. And at that moment, I sat on my couch. And I was just like, <laughs> I sat on my couch and I was just like, wow. it was just like, I could have at least made a $50,000 assignment fee or even more to an investor would have purchased that same property. So I was like, look, I told myself two things. I was like, I can one, forget about wholesaling and never try to wholesale again. Or I can two, go even harder than I was before and try to replicate this and do this four or five times. 10 more times. Because if I stumbled on it that time, I could probably do it again if I even indulge even more into it. So I was spending about three hours a day wholesaling. I was like, look, to now, after this day, I'm going to spend five, six at least hours a day wholesaling. I'm going to be driving for dollars, cold calling, listening to more podcasts, listening to as much information. And And then within a year, this was about, I would say, October of 2020. Fast forward to 2021. Now it's the year we've closed 20 wholesale deals.
2: Congratulations! That's awesome. Like, what a starting story. <laughs> <laughs> losing out on a deal, but also such a great learning experience as to how we make sure that doesn't happen again.
0: Um Ash, can I have one thing? Something that you mentioned, Terry, that that I thought was really interesting. There's this, uh, I don't know, this personal development theory out there. It's called habit stacking. But basically, you take a well-established habit that you already have and you add on top of that a new habit or routine that you're trying to implement. And what I thought was really interesting was that you said you had this goal of wanting to spend X number of hours driving for dollars and you know, see X number of houses. And you said, every time I would leave practice or training, I would just go drive for dollars. And it's really subtle, but that's a really powerful strategy to implement new routines into your life. You already have this really well-established routine of training, right? As, a, as as an athlete, you have to do that. So you say, before I go home, let me just have just enough willpower to make this left down this other road so I can go explore this new new neighborhood and, and hopefully get a few houses that way. So for all the rookies that are listening, if you're trying to analyze more deals, if you're trying to reach out to more agents, if you're trying to find wholesalers, Find a part of your day that's already really structured, a part of your day that's already really habitual, and see if you can add it on top of that. So if it's every morning when I get out of bed, I'm going to brush my teeth with my laptop right there. So as soon as I put my toothbrush down, I'm going to analyze five deals, like whatever it is, but just find that part of your routine that's already really habitual, then add on that new part that's going to help your real estate business. I
3: like
0: that. Cool. So just drop a knowledge
1: there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Whether you need to buy or sell or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes to help you see new homes first. And they give you personalized recommendations based on the homes you like so you can find the home that's just right for you, whether that's a cabin, a craftsman, or a castle. With the top-rated Redfin app, you can favorite homes, share listings with others, and schedule tours, even the same day, with a local Redfin agent who can help guide you through the whole home buying process.
0: Visit rentready.com. That's R E N T R E D I.com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP Like Bigger Pockets Investor for six months of rent ready for only
4: $1. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting from finding the best guests to the maintenance to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation owning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets.
2: So Terry, after you, you get into wholesaling, what's kind of the next piece of it? How long are you wholesaling for? And then what's the next thing you take on?
3: So when I first got my first wholesale deal, I was like, it just, it was like the best feeling in the world. I was just like, wow, like I just figured another source of income, another way I can make money that's not a, the traditional job, the nine to five way. So
0: Terry, really quickly, sir, how long after that that failed deal did you actually get your first wholesale deal?
3: To close, it took around sixty days.
0: Okay, all right, not even that much longer. That's awesome, man.
3: Yeah. So that was a, it was a definitely a great feeling. But I told myself, I want to every deal I do, I try to invest back into the business. And then as I'm starting to wholesale and I'm wholesaling in the desert, I'm starting to see the numbers and the numbers that investors are, are making. You know, I wholesale the property to an investor in the desert. It was early on. It was part of my fourth deal. And always to check up on the investors that I uh, wholesale my property. So I'm like, Hey, you know, how's that property doing? And the property at the time was a $300,000 property. It's just, just, it's doing amazing. We just made $7,000 and grossed it in a month. And I was just like, wait, 7,000. I'm like, you made 7,000. I just bought a property in Delaware. That's worth 300,000 and it makes $2,000 in rent every month. I'm like, so now one I'm wholesaling to you and I'm seeing the numbers you're creating. And it's just like, Oh wow, like okay, I might have made $5,000 off an assignment fee to you, but you're making more than that every single month and I was just like, okay, wholesaling now to me is really just a means to an end. It's a way to build capital. Now, but that capital is not just for me. That capital is going to be to invest into real estate and invest and do what these investors are doing. So, my next thing was uh the next deal I got when I was financially ready with enough capital from wholesaling was to take down a property for myself. So I happened to get a deal that was, uh, for $230,000 under contract, uh, in the desert a great short-term rental uh, destination. And, uh, at first it was like, okay, I can go wholesale. It's like, I think I could do 15, $20,000 on an assignment fee. And then when I went and toured it and viewed it myself, I was just, I just had that feeling. I was like. I got to hold on this one myself. I got to take this one down myself. And uh, I think I'm at that point, I'm ready to do that. So the wholesaling was great. It taught me uh, really how to invest the proper way by just following what investors were doing. And uh, when the time came, when I had enough capital, I bought the property, renovated it. And now today it's, uh, I'm looking to either one, sell it on the market for around $500,000 which is a, a huge spread and uh, or two, it's, it's a short-term rental. And uh, in December, we'll see around $8,500 in uh, gross rents from Airbnb.
2: That's so cool, Terry. So when you decided to purchase this and to keep it for yourself, well, first of all, it reminded me of Ryan Dossey. He has a, a slogan, something about like, keep the best wholesale the rest or something like that, where as a wholesaler, you can keep the best properties for yourself. And then the ones that are still good, wholesale those ones. But with your first property that you bought for your short-term rental, how did you finance that? Had you saved enough cash from your wholesaling business to purchase this property?
3: Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was about, I would say that was my fourth or fifth wholesale deal. And I did save enough cash. And then when I did close on it, I knew I had two more wholesale deals coming in that same month. So I was like, I have more than enough cash to really start to renovate this. And uh, that was about a year later after my Delaware property. So I was able to do another 3% down payment as a primary residence. And, uh, you know, I took about three months to really renovate it, get the right contractors in there. And, yeah, know, it was a solid, really solid project.
2: That's awesome. I want to ask kind of like a lifestyle change here. So you're making this quick cash from wholesaling. How did you not go out and splurge and how did you make the decision to save that money? Because I think that's when you have such a rapid income growth in a short amount of time, what would be your your advice to someone who experiences that and not just blow it all on a sports car and to continue to invest the money?
3: I always knew because wholesaling to me is like, it is a lot, a lot of work. And I kind of wanted to be able to take that wholesaling money and put it into cash flowing assets that produce passive income. That's like the money that I really don't have to work for. And I keep like a little sheet on my computer and it kind of shows me all my cash flowing assets and all my passive income. And for me, it's like, I want to be financially free within the next three, four years years. So I knew I only have one asset that's really giving me financial freedom and it was my house in Delaware. And with all expenses in the house in Delaware, it really was netting me about $500. So even though I have, you know, a lot of money coming in from wholesaling, it was just that, all right, I'm not close to being financially free. You know, I want that $500 to turn into So I was like, all right, the best thing to do to make that happen would be to invest back into real estate, invest into short term rentals, and start creating passive income. So it was just like, even though, you know, I'm working and making a good bit of checks each and every month from wholesaling, it was just, this is not the lifestyle I want to be working, getting on the computer for six, seven hours a day. You know, I want that money to be in real estate. So, I just didn't look at it as like, okay, life's great. I, I, you know, I've created, I've made a six figure business. You know, I can keep doing this year over year. I was kind of like, no, this is just a little, this is just a little bit of cash. That's liquid. Like now let's take this money and let's turn it into repeatedly cash flowing assets of money. So
2: that's awesome. One thing that I'm super curious about that I saw in the show notes that you do is you do land deals and you're wholesaling land deals. I would love for you to kind of break down what one of those land deals are.
3: So I started off mainly doing wholesaling homes and houses. And uh, there was sometimes houses and properties can be really, really, in my opinion, really, really tough. And houses do, in my opinion, also get the highest assignment fees, but land on the other end is, it's a lot easier for me because one, everything I need to see about a lot or a parcel of land is really on a satellite image. And I don't have to show up in person. I don't have to be there. I don't have to inspect it. I can do land deals and almost anywhere around Anywhere, anywhere around the earth. So, a lot of land deals really for me are just finding out the condition of the land. Like, just like how you're wholesaling a property, you need to know the condition of a property. Is the roof good? Is the HVAC system up and running? But for land deals, the only condition that you need to know for the land is the utilities. And those utilities, water, does it have electricity? Is it accessible? And all those information you can find out from the city or through the parcel maps. And when I started just doing that land over and over, it was just like, wow, I don't have to show up. Investors pretty much know what parcels of land they want to buy. And the sellers didn't really have that same emotional attachment to their parcels of land as they do with properties. So it kind of helped me go from one deal a month to now doing land, do two to three deals a month.
2: Can you give us a breakdown of the numbers on one of those land deals and kind of what it looked like, how you found the land deal, what was the purchase price, how you negotiated it with the seller?
3: So recently I had a land deal. It was we locked it up for thirty thousand dollars, called the owner, and the owner happened to inherited the property. She said, you know, she was paying taxes and just just didn't want the parcel of land at all. And really was just looking for a quick a quick closing, so I was saying, hey, you know, we're able to offer you that, and in my opinion, I think thirty thousand dollars will be able to close very quickly. So I spoke to a couple of investors who I know who are purchasing land at a high level out in the desert, and I said, hey, you know, I have a parcel of land, and I kind of thought this was a I like to start off high and you know have them work me down, and I. Said, hey, I have a parcel of land for fifty thousand dollars, and one of the investors said, he'll I'll take that parcel of land. I, I like that area." So, I have this land deal already locked up under contract for thirty thousand dollars in escrow. So, I send him the assignment contract, and the assignment contract basically states that he's to purchase the parcel of land for thirty thousand dollars and pay my corporation an assignment fee of twenty thousand dollars, and in total, he's to pay fifty thousand dollars in all to purchase the property. So that happened. And, you know, after the seller was really happy to just, you know, get the land off their hand and he was, Hey, keep giving me more land. And I was able to collect $20,000 signing fee. So that was my best land deal. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I would say uh, once you get that $20,000, you're going to be, get a little hooked on land deals after that. So Terry, how did you find like an end buyer for the land deals?
3: Finding my sellers and my buyers, I use PropStream for all of this. And so PropStream allows you, one, to find motivated sellers by specifying any type of criteria that you're looking for on PropStream. So you can do high equity, vacant, vacant land, tax delinquent, any type of property. And PropStream is going to show you every homeowner with that specific criteria to the property. And then on top of that, when I find my cash buyers, I usually sometimes word of mouth, going in Facebook groups. And then sometimes I, I pull a cash buyer list of everyone who's bought property with cash in the area within the last year in that same area that I lock up a property in. And I usually go and you know send out texts or call them and you know ask them if you're interested in this property.
0: So Terry, let's pull on this thread a little more, right? So when you're cold reaching out to someone who's purchased land previously, what does that dialogue look like? What are you saying? What are you telling them?
3: So uh, I'll usually blast out the land. Hi, buyer. I have an off-market land deal available. Wanted to see if you were interested in it. And then I'll give them some details on the land and, you know, put my name at the end. If that's the first like introduction, a lot of times they'll say, who's this? And ask a lot of questions. And I'll just say, hey, name's Terry, local investor in the area. Found a parcel of land, wanted to see if you were interested in it. If not, I can take you off the list and never text you again. And you know, a lot of times these land buyers who are freaking land buyers, they're like, no, 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 keep them coming, keep them coming. And of yeah. course, you'll get some land buyers like, please don't text me again, which is fine. People will probably just buy up one land for themselves and not really an investor. But yeah, that's usually typically how how the conversations go. And then always after, if I when I build a relationship with them, I'm always looking to. Kind of ask them, hey, you know, what are you looking to do with this parcel of land? Or hey, how do you look on developing this? Or what are you looking to do with this property? And uh, the reason why I do that is because I want to kind of I see what price they're buying the land at. I kind of want to know how you're developing, what you're about to spend to develop. Because in the end of the day, like that's what I want to get to, and uh, Mm. that's the type of level I want to get to. So. So I I really, I value those connections and relationships with investors.
0: Yeah. Terry, you, you seem like a, like a hustler, man. Like I, I love the fact that you're grinding out on the phones to get that first deal, You're cold calling up people who are buying land, building your cash buyers list. Like you're, you're not just waiting for these things to fall into your lap. You're going out there and you're making it happen. And I think that's such a, such an important point for all of our Ricky listeners to understand is that if you want to find success, you gotta grind it out. Like you gotta take the action. You can only watch so many videos on youtube or listen to so many podcasts or read so many books at some point the rubber has to meet the road and i feel like what's partially attributed to part of your success is the fact that you're not afraid to go out there and make that make that happen man You gotta do it. You gotta do it. So going back to one of the points that you mentioned when you're actually looking for the land, you said that one of the things that you're really looking for is utilities and that you don't even have to go in person to kind of figure those things out. So kind of walk us through that process. Like what I know we're looking for like water, power, maybe gas, but what exactly are you looking for? How are you finding those things? What's a good sign? What's a bad sign? How do you make your decisions?
3: Yeah, so like I said, land is just it's honestly. I've wholesaled over 10 parcels of land and I've never been to any of them physically. Mm. And when I see the satellite image, and land you can have 2.5 acres in one location, you can have 2.5 acres in another location. One to me can be worthless, and one to me can be worth over a hundred thousand dollars. And both of them are the mm. same size, but really, with what depicts that is the utilities. And for one, the first thing I looked is it one accessible by road? A lot of times there's a lot of what I call, or a lot of us called landlocked properties. And landlocked properties are kind of lots that are, uh, it just, it makes it so you can't access to it. And most of the time when they are landlocked, that means there's no water going to it. And if there's no water going through it, the price to bring water to a property that's landlocked and bring a, a natural road to it, will cost an investor over two hundred. could cost them over $200,000, and which completely makes it not a deal. Another thing I look for on the satellite image is to see if the land has any washes going through it. So a wash is like a a natural drainage that goes through lots of parcels. And usually, well, in the city I'm in, but in most cities, you're not allowed to obstruct a wash. So if a wash is going through a parcel of land, it's going to make it completely unbuildable for an investor to come and build upon. That's another thing that I look out for. And then, of course, electricity. I look for electric poles. And if a property has a water meter, has electric poles, and it's accessible, I look at it as gold. Like, that's a property that an investor can go on and build upon quickly and easily. I I think kind of what's been separate, what's taking me to the next level in wholesaling is starting to really think like an investor. Now, like, I don't go into these properties like, all right, I got to offer this because I think an investor will go into it. I go into it as like, hey, I'm an investor. I want to build. It's accessible. It has water. It has electricity. At $20,000, I can build on that, and it can be a good deal. So... And I think that connection with your buyers or your investors and seeing what they want, why they want that specific criteria for their land, home, or whatever, it's only going to help you with wholesaling and investing in general.
0: So Terry, I want to I drill down a little bit on how you're identifying some of these things. So some of the things you mentioned are access roads, washes not running through the property, water connections and then electrical poles. So I just want to kind of one through each of those separately. So in terms of the access road, how can I determine if a property is accessible or not just by looking at an image? Is there like should I be looking for some kind of marker on the map or am I am I calling the county? How do I identify if there's access to a specific parcel?
3: Access is pretty it's pretty easy to find even if any type of map, Google Maps, you know, your iPhone maps. You'll see the road name and then you'll be able to see the parcel right next to it. But if the parcel is, if you see like the road name and then there's the parcel and then there's another parcel, two parcels behind it, it's most likely not accessible. But like, say, Main Street and it's right along right along Main Street, then that's how you know it's accessible to that property. And then if an investor comes in and wants to make a driveway from Main Street to their property, it's super simple for them to do that.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So that handles the accessibility. Now, what about the water connection?
3: So the water connection is a little tricky depending on the city that you're in. I usually call the city up or sometimes they have an online website where you just put the parcel number in. And when you put the parcel number in, it'll tell you, okay, there's either a water meter or not a water meter, or they'll tell you if water is running on the main line. And sometimes they even tell you the price to extend the water line on the street. And I'll get all that information online. And if really, to be honest, if if it costs more than $60,000 to extend that main line, I kind of look at it as like, ah, it's not that good of a parcel of land.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So it's really easy to get that information online. Is it similar for the electric connection as well? Like, are you following the same process or it's something different there?
3: For the electric, I go onto the satellite image. And I'll zoom in and like, you'll see like that little pole kind of sticking up. And like, you'll kind of even see like the little electric lines going. And if that's right along the street, perfect. That means you got electricity there. Sometimes electricity is further away or really far away. So when I see that, that kind of indicates to me, is like, all right, electricity is not in this area. One, the investor is either going to have to extend the electric poles or do solar panels. So it's not a deal breaker if the electric's not in the area, but I just have to inform the investors that the nearest electric pole is probably 1,000 feet away. And then another thing I do look at is, are there houses nearby? Now, if there's houses nearby, that kind of shows me, okay, there must be water on the street. There must be electricity. Now, if there's a parcel of land with no houses near it whatsoever, you know, you got to think like, okay, no one's developing here. And that's probably a reason no one's developing here.
2: Terry, that was so much great information, almost like a real deep dive into what you need to know about land. Because I think a lot of times you just think, like, oh, land, it's just a parcel of land. I don't need to do any due diligence or nothing. I just maybe make sure the survey lines are correct. And then, uh, you know, I can sell it to somebody else. But you're right. There's so many little things that can change the value of the property that if you're going to wholesale or to develop, you need to look into before you actually purchase the property. Thank you so much for uh, sharing that all with us. Of course. I'm going to take us to our rookie request line. You guys can give us a call at one eight 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 five rookie and when you leave a voicemail it's actually emailed directly to tony and i and we get to listen to them and we love when you guys share with us uh your questions so we can play them on here for a guest
4: hi my partner i vanessa and ariana we're both wholesalers and we're new at this and we're wondering how do people find the accurate equity on a homeowner so we did the drive for dollars and we just need some information on what websites or how to find accurate information on a homeowner and their property. Thank you.
3: This is so great. Cause this is like the information that I didn't know in the beginning when I was driving for dollars either. So great question. And I use PropStream. Now, PropStream does give you a seven day free trial. It's about $100 a month. But those properties that you do find driving for dollars, if you input the street address, say 123 Main Street, into PropStream, it's gonna show you everything about the property owner. A lot, even a little bit of too much information. They'll even tell you the mortgage amount, how much they owe on the property, who they have the mortgage with who the owner is, if they have another owner, almost everything you need in there. You can run comps through PropStream as well. They even give you a little evaluation of what they think the property's worth. And I think it's a great, great tool. And you can even skip trace through PropStream as well. So say if that person wants to call them, they can get their number and email address to reach out to them. It's been a great tool. And it's been a tool that I've used to close almost every one of my deals. So Proption will definitely throw that information out. And also, it all, what it also does, it uh, has a driving for dollars system on it as well. So when I was driving for dollars in the beginning, I was like, hey, I, you know, I was on the street already. So what Proption does, it tracks every street that you're on. And when you go back to your map and you just, like go into the driving for dollars system, you know, okay, I already was on Main Street. I already found some properties there. So that's just a good thing that it does. And, uh, that could definitely answer that person's question.
2: Yeah. There's a couple other apps too, that I've used as a land glide and even on X hunt where you can like drop a pin on the location and on X hunt, it's actually for hunters to track yourself as you're hunting or to track where you have a food plot or your tree stand or things like that. And to look at, you shoot a deer and it runs onto somebody else's property whose property that is to see if it's okay to go there, call them, whatever. But I was looking at 1,200 acres recently and we took a side-by-side out there and we used the tracker to track where we were going on the property. And we spent like three hours out there and we hadn't even covered like a third of that 1200 acres but it was just so cool to like see the visual of it and just technology and apps they're free or such a low cost that a lot of these tools can really help you provide so much value to you and help you run your business more efficiently too like you said how you had already been on that street and now you can track that to see where you've already been.
0: Can we pull that thread a little more, actually? What other, so you talked a lot about props interior. What other, maybe, software tools are you using in your either your wholesaling business or your short term rental business to kind of help things stay automated and fresh?
3: I use Mojo Dialer. Now, Mojo Dialer allows me and my virtual assistants to uh, contact everyone on the list that we pull at a higher rate and kind of keeps things a lot organized as well. So, what Mojo does is a three to one dialer and it'll ring three people at once, and it's going to put you on the phone with the first person who answers and then drop voice messages to people who don't answer. So in the beginning, when I was cold calling by myself, I used to, I just printed out a list and I had three highlighters and I would call everybody one by one by one after the workouts so for like three hours a day. And it took me about four hours to really contact around 80 people. Each day, my virtual assistants contact around 400 people with the Mojo dialer. So- it makes things way uh, faster and more efficient, and way more organized too. So that's one thing that we use. And another thing we use is Roar, R O O R, and that's a text a texting system. So, like I said uh, in the beginning, I was it took me four hours to reach about eighty people. So with Roar, it allows me to do a text blast and say if uh, Tony and Ashley are both on my list of homeowners that I'm targeting to. It'll send a custom text message like saying, Hey, Tony, or Hey, Ashley was contacting me about your property at both of your guys' address. Wanted to see if you guys are willing to consider an offer. So it'll send that text. And when I do a text campaign, I'll probably reach out to 2,000 people within two hours. And there will be custom texts. And uh, Roar also has phone numbers, too. So your phone number is not going out to everybody as well. And those are kind of the main tools I use, really, the main softwares I use is Roar prop stream and mojo dialer.
0: Gotcha. Awesome, man. So I appreciate you sharing the the software stack. Love to kind of hear what's what's running other people's businesses, man, because I know I got my software that I love, but I love hearing what other people use, man. So, Terry, you, you've you man given so much value, and I feel like we could bring you back, man, just to kind of dive into how you built out your systems and processes as well, because you just dropped a little nugget at the end there that you've got VAs kind of making a lot of your phone calls now, so we could do a, a whole episode on that. But before we wrap up, I want to give a quick shout out to this week's Ricky Rockstar, and again, if you want to be highlighted on the podcast, get active in the real estate Ricky Facebook group or on the bigger pockets forums. Maybe tag Ash and I and something on Instagram. We'll pull from there as well. But today's Ricky Rock star is Manny A. And Manny closed on investment property number one. Uh Manny said lots of hard work and sacrifice for us here. We couldn't be more prouder. We did a two or three K loan on this two family residence. And with full determination, we got it done in under 60 days with my wife being in her 39th week of pregnancy, cutting it really close there. So we're happy to start out as real estate investors, but all the information learning, reading, and constant research related payoffs. So Manny, congratulations to you and your wife on the real estate investment and even more so on the new baby that's uh, coming into the world.
2: Terry, thank you so much for joining us. Can you let everyone know where they can reach out to you and find out some more information?
3: thank you guys for having me again. And if anyone wants to reach out Instagram, you feel free to message me and try to reach out to everybody. And, and if you have any questions about wholesale and real estate short-term rentals, feel free to just DM me. My Instagram is Terry Harris one five. And, uh, I just started a YouTube channel this year. So I'm trying to kind of create some traction on that and, uh, speak about wholesaling real estate and investing in general. So the YouTube channel's name is TCash. T-C-A-S-H. And, uh,
2: that's awesome! Uh, I'm excited to check out your YouTube channel.
3: Appreciate
2: it. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. I loved your your motivation and inspiration, and I love guests like you because it gets me like so pumped up to like go after another deal or to do something big and to to keep going. So yeah, thank you so much, Terry.
0: Ashley, can I have one one last thing before we go? Because Terry, I feel like we should. I just want to give some context to the guests. I think when a lot of people. Here, professional athlete that maybe they assume that you're you're like LeBron James and you're making multi millions of dollars a year. I don't. I'm not asking to share how much you're making, but is that was that your starting point? Were you Kobe Bryant salary?
3: I'm going to share with you guys exactly. So the NBA G and a lot of people do think that. So an NBA G league is a actually it's a thirty five thousand dollars salary. So with that, and I, I try to tell people like I don't really it doesn't matter to me what your salary is. Like you can make it happen with real estate. So that's what I made in those six months, even granted that they, you know, accommodated living for us, but it still was tough to get that first property up and running. And yeah,
2: this was when you were living in L.A.
3: Oh, no, this is when I was in Delaware
2: In Delaware. OK, I was going to say and the cost of living in. That, I don't, I don't,
3: I don't <laughs> know if that would have happened. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for being transparent here. I I just wanted to, I wanted to make sure that we shared that with the listeners because people might hear professional athlete and automatically assume that you're like some multimillionaire already. So you're on your way there, right? But there's a journey for all of us
2: yeah and also even if he was a professional athlete that has made a lot of money over the years like kudos to those that are that have succeeded that way and that are taking advantage of that opportunity and spending it on real estate investing and and growing their wealth instead of splurging on other things and not having anything for retirement so well thank you so much for joining us i am ashley at wealth from rentals and he's tony at tony j robinson And we will see you guys on Saturday for a rookie reply. But lastly, before you go, let's check out what's new at biggerpockets.com to provide you guys the most value. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom and the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. There's free resources only available at biggerpockets.com/deals. Get an agent, get the deal and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com/deals. That's biggerpockets.com/deals to find your investor friendly agent today.